Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the upcoming. Doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter. We're here to talk about all the best and the brightest as they make their way to their dream careers. I'm your host, Jonathan Carr. Join me as we have a spectacular conversation with an equally spectacular person. You ready? Let's go. Hello, world, and welcome to The Upcoming, the perfect place to catch the best and brightest on their way to the top. Joining me now for The Upcoming's 24th episode is the definition of a hustler. So, not even there yet, and he's already amassed over, like, 500,000 followers on TikTok. He's also the co-founder of NFT Magazines, Annals, and Junior Punks. So, he has done a lot of work, and he's even become a member of uh, Forbes uh, Business Council, so he's gotten to meet a lot of interesting people, do a lot of awesome things, and now he's here to talk about it all. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give to you the great Joey Sens. How's it going, Joey? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank you for the intro, brother. It's awesome. I'm excited, man. I, I love hopping on podcasts. I was super excited when you invited me to hop on this one. It's just, uh, it's always a great time, man. All right. Fantastic. I'm ha- well, I'm happy to have you on, Joey. So thank you for that. So, Joey, one thing that always happens in the upcoming is I allow my guests to give an introduction of themselves. So, Joey, in your own words, who and what exactly are you? For sure, man. Um, I mean, I always describe myself as like an entrepreneur influencer. I started on TikTok, I guess, like my first intro to this whole social media world this whole entrepreneurship world was at the start of covid when i started posting tiktok videos i I downloaded the app and within my first month i had a hundred thousand followers within three months i had five hundred thousand um it was just like it was a really rapid i was posting like 20 videos a day going really crazy um and i really did it mainly because i've always been interested in business like doing business and entrepreneurship is what that's what I like the most content and, you know, creating videos is also something that comes natural to me, but I prefer business. And so I really saw it as an avenue into being able to network with more business people, being able to leverage it for, you know, whatever it is, starting my own brands. And, you know, which is eventually what I did when me and my business partner, John launched uh, our NFT project called the junior punks. Um, That was back when I was 20. I'm, I'm 21 years old now. Um, after we sold out the junior punks, we actually launched nftmagazine.com, which we're still running to this day and building. Um, we now have a, a PR agency as well. So over the past two to three years, it's been like a really rapid, just a lot of things happening at once, right? I dropped out of college when I was, um, I think I was 19 then, um, and just started doing like door-to-door sales. So I was doing that for a while before I got into, you know, really doing um bigger things like i am now and so i feel really blessed i'm excited to have done a lot of stuff and met you know so many key people at such a young age i think that network is probably one of the most important things to everything i've done and so i guess i'm you know i'm sure we'll expand on everything i just talked about as we get into it but i guess that's just a brief intro entrepreneur influencer um really interested in crypto you know social media all that type of stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, as we were going to talk a little bit about that before I got to just think about it. So you're basically a guy who <clears throat> you know, when you're when you're building, you're not just like creating like another asset for yourself. You're building like just kind of like a little stepping stone for yourself, just another opportunity to like grow and build and like 
expand your network and your um and expand your assets too. See? For sure, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like- it's uh I've always wanted to do like something bigger than I did before, right? Like everything I do, like the next thing I do, I want it to be bigger. You obviously never want to do something smaller after you did something really big, right? So, you know, cuz cuz I mean the thing is is there's like set points, right? So, you know, once I started on TikTok and I had like 10,000 followers, I was like, wow, this is this is really crazy. You know, I would get like 10,000 views, I'll get super fired up. And then, you know, then I have videos that are consistently, now I'm consistently hitting 100,000 views. And I'm like, wow, now that fires me up, right? And then like I then I'm like, okay, if a video doesn't get a million views, then I'm kind of pissed, you know? So like, you know, you have to you kind of have to keep going bigger um to get the same level of like I guess dopamine but also just to feel growth, right? I mean, life is all about growth, staying and even if you, it's kind of like, you know, I feel like that's why billionaires kids sometimes are depressed is because they start out a billionaire and so they they don't feel like they have a lot of growth that they can actually do and that's when people feel stuck in life is when they're not growing. It's it's not like a lot of times it's not the situation that they're in, it's just feeling like they're not progressing forward more from that situation is what generally leads people to feel feel stuck or feel down or feel depressed that type of thing so i think that consistently growing and doing bigger and bigger and bigger things is the key to you know maintaining motivation and just happiness in general so true so true that is so true because you know just continuously staying motivated continuously like trying to say like how can i get higher from here just that constant like like win mentality like just think bigger mm-hmm. that's that's why people succeed. But, um, you know, I want to um, go a little bit more into your background, Joey, because I understand you are from uh, the Midwest and uh, eventually yeah. went to Grand Canyon University, dropped out to expand your business. Uh, I heard that you were like homeschooled um, for, for a while before eventually like um, going to high school and then college. And, you know, school didn't really do it that much for you. Can you tell me like some of the things that were most like, like just uninspiring or just just kind of the flaws with um education yeah for sure i mean so when i was growing up i started i started reading uh, at a really young age i love reading um i don't know exactly what the age was but i was you know i i remember when i was really really little my mom would read me like thomas the the train engine or whatever like those books and it was before i could read and i would memorize the words that she was saying and then i would pretend to be reading it i was like look mom i can read and i was just like from memory say like whatever she had said. Um, so I really wanted to read from like a really young age. And then eventually I was just reading storybooks. I still, it's really crazy because I remember reading books like the Swiss family Robinson when I was a little kid. And I still have like memories of when I was reading those, the images and like the story that was being built in my imagination that I was basically, it felt like I was, it felt like I was living in it. Some memories that of like just like books that I read, they feel as real as actual memories that I had. Like there are times where I can't remember if something actually happened or if I read it in a book when I was a little kid, right? And so I was always really into reading, uh, really into math and being homeschooled, I was able to learn at a much more accelerated rate because it was just my mom teaching me, my brother and my sister. And so it was just like, it was very, very personal, very one-on-one care. You're able to just go very self-paced and just like, you know, go through a lot of things really fast rather than having to go at the pace of the 30 or 40 kids or 100 kids that are around you. And so I got to learn at a really fast paced rate when I was young. And then once I was in sixth grade, that was when I went to actual school. I went to a school in, you know, Plymouth, Minnesota. 
I moved away from where I was. I was like up north, like rural Minnesota. I grew up just like shooting birds with BB guns. And like I lived in the middle of the woods getting homeschooled, right? It was like I was isolated from the world. Um, the only friends I had were like really from playing baseball. Uh, and school, once I, I, I always excelled in school when I was homeschooled. But then once I got to actual school, it just like bored me. I just, I was so bored. I didn't feel like it, it didn't stimulate me at all. Like, because I love learning, but this type of learning wasn't stimulating me. Um, and that just kind of went all the way through high school. I remember my mom was like, she like basically cried when she found out that I had actually passed all my classes my senior year and I was going to graduate. Because <laughs> she was like, she thought she thought there was almost no chance. Um, and then uh, I decided like, okay, I'll go to college my first semester. Because I figured college was really, I figured that college would be the grades that mattered. I figured my performance in college would actually matter. I didn't think high school would, but I figured when I go out to get a job, having that good GPA will, you know, will make me more admirable. Maybe I'll get more benefits, better internships, whatever it is. And so I got a 4.0 my first semester at NDSU, which it didn't feel that difficult to me. I took six classes. Um, one of the classes I actually did the entire class in one night. Um, it was like, uh, really? it was like, yeah, and it was at the end of the semester because it was a self-paced one. I just like I did the whole class that night. It was like a a movie and film study one. Um, you know, I hope that that professor isn't watching. Probably doesn't matter anymore. But it was like you had to watch the movie and then write like answer all these questions about it, write an essay about it. And I kind of just went and looked at all of the reviews <laughs> and just like I didn't watch any of them. I just kind of looked at all the reviews, wrote a bunch of stuff, kind of like went off of what other people had posted in the forum and just did like the whole class. And it was pretty simple. Um, I then transferred down to GCU in Arizona because North Dakota was just like so cold. I was like, this doesn't feel fun. You know, imagine every single day you're walking out like it just feels like a struggle because you go outside and it's negative 40 degrees wind blasting at you. Like everyone's just sad, like just trying to like put on as many coats as possible just to like walk to class just to get to go eat. Right. It was just like it just felt like a depressing reality. And so I was like, OK, I, I think. I could do better than this. And so I transferred to GCU because, you know, here's a school that's like a super nice place, Arizona, um, you know, like tons of tons of people, tons of things to do. And it costs the exact same as North Dakota. I'm like, yeah, it's a easy. That's easy. Right. And so I go down to Arizona for college. COVID hits literally like within a month of me being there. Um, but me and the friend group that I had made at GCU that freshman year, we all pretty much just told GCU that we were going to that like our parents or whatever were like we didn't want to get them sick and so they let us stay on the campus and so we basically had the whole campus to ourselves right and um it was really fun but those what, what's really key about those friends is that they were extremely entrepreneurial my one current business partner the bond john who i launched junior punks with nft magazine my pr agency all of that he's a huge tiktok influencer he was one of the friends that I made there. I learned a lot about TikTok and content creation from him. And like that friend group really inspired me entrepreneurially to be like, okay, I've always loved entrepreneurship. I've always loved content creation, but now it feels real. It feels like there's other people around me that love it too, because I had never had that's that great. before. Like, you know, like, cause that's, that's like, it was just really important to have people that also are interested and be around those people. Yeah. They all ended up dropping out after that year. Um, I went home for the summer to Minnesota. That was when I got on TikTok. That was when I started blowing up. Um, I came, I did GCU for an online semester. And this was really, okay. I'm not going to, this is when I really realized that that school was a joke. Like, I'm going to really answer your question here. 
Um, I realized that school was really a joke when I didn't do any of my work or go to any of the classes like the entire semester. And then in the last week, I just emailed all my professors like, sorry, I've been busy, like whatever. Like, could I just do everything for partial credit just so I can pass the class? And they said yes. And in three days, I just did all of the coursework for all five of the classes and did everything and got it all done. And I was like, okay, like, yeah, literally, I was like, I was like, this is this makes no sense. How is it that in if it in like, how is this cost me like 20 grand a year if I can get everything done in three days and I still don't even feel like I learned anything. Right. I'm like, this is just like it's insane. And so and then I didn't learn my lesson. I went back to, you know, physical campus the next semester about halfway through. I dropped out or I didn't like I decided I would drop out. I just stopped going to classes. I said, okay, I'm just going to focus on doing other stuff. And then I dropped out and moved to L.A. But I think that the main problem with the education system, it goes all the way from middle school all the way up until college. You know, I've been visiting my brother who's at GCU recently. And like when I look at the coursework everybody's doing, when I talk to everybody, everyone's just using AIs now to just like write all their essays for them to answer their quizzes. Like because nobody is really inspired by the material. No one's learning about stuff that one. Yeah, like that's that's helpful. No one's learning about material that they actually want to learn about, even though they choose their major. Most people are in college because they don't even know what they want to do yet. So they don't even like the material that they're learning anyways. You know, there's very few people who are really fired up for accounting that are in the accounting class, you know? So I think people need, there just needs to be a little bit more fast paced learning. A little more fast paced learning. Yeah, there definitely needs to be more of that, but you know, that's how you ended up being in, I guess this is one of the things that got you into this uh, environment because, you know, TikTok, NFTs, like that's, that's all so fast paced, you know, it's also Mm -hmm. like based around trends and based around like what people are interested in. So is that like, is that maybe something that just like excites you about or that you just love the most about this business that you're in that is just so fast paced and that you're always like always got to stay on top and make sure like I'm just being yeah. one step ahead? Yeah, I like to I really like to do things fast. Um, and the, I think the number one thing that I've thought about in my journey as an entrepreneur is I'm always looking to catch the start of something that's going to be big. Right. So when I got on TikTok, yes, there were a lot of people blowing up on TikTok already, but it wasn't at like the level it is now, not even close. And I knew I saw, okay, right now everybody is in lockdown. They're in COVID. Everybody's, you know, on their phones or on social media at a way higher rate than ever now. And so everybody is using TikTok. I need to get on this now while it's super easy. Um, And that was why I got, you know, a really fast blow up from it, right? That I was then able to leverage. Um, And then when it came to NFTs, we were trading them, having fun with them. And then we were like, okay, I, I recognize because I just wanted to find any NFT project possible to mint. I was minting anything at the time. This was back in like, you know, late 2021. I was like, just, I was all day look for hours, just trying to find any project that I could mint. And then I go, wait, if right now I am feeling this way and I am just like, I'm literally willing to mint nearly anything there's probably thousands and thousands of other people who are exactly like me. So this is probably the perfect market condition for me to launch a project. And so I literally look at my buddy, I go, yo, let, like, let's just, we could probably just do one of these on our own. And we, we ran downstairs, started whiteboarding. And, you know, 40 days later from that very day where we had the idea, 40 days later, we sold the last junior punk and we had done 3.5 million. Right. Like we had, you know, raised three and a half million next year. Yeah, it was it was crazy fast. And, you know, it was just because we caught that trend early. 
And so like one, and what I will say is, cause you know, the NFT trend, the crypto trend, the TikTok trend, the, these are all things you get, you, people can still do and blow up fast from, but it's not even close to when it first started. But right now, like for anybody that's watching, this is something that I'm looking really heavily into and looking into making a very serious play in. And that's AI. Right now, it really feels like AI is one of the one of the next big trending things that's gonna make like it's gonna make a lot of billionaires. If you can hop on AI at this moment right now, when you know the AI market, it's it's proven, right? Like the AI market has been proven, but it's not it's not oversaturated. And I think that's probably like the best market to go into right now. So um, that's why I'm looking into making a play in AI right now. I, I'm not 100% sure what it's going to be, but I have a few different plans. So um, yeah, I think, I think just catching those trends early is just so essential. If you want to have like, if you want to be the person that has like the rapid success, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, let's just talk a little bit about AIs and we'll go to the rest of your, um, rest of your profile. So this, this AI trend, you know, it's just grown uh, a lot lately, but what are some of the like key parts of it that like make you just like the most like prepared to say like, yes, I want to invest my time money and energy into this this is something that's going to like just change in the whether short or, or long run i mean it's long for, run. for sure yeah so you know in our business we've been using ais for a really long time already so using things like jasper which writes you complete articles um college kids use it for their essays right to get like i know college kids get like 99 100 on their entire essay from just typing into jasper write me an essay using this prompt pasting the prompt in and then they just like get spit out in a minute. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it's used by a lot of online publications. We use it for NFT magazine um, to write articles based on information that we feed it and then edit it through our editing team. Um, so, you know, there's that one, there's like Quillbot. There's just, there's so many AIs that, you know, tools that are really useful to businesses and have been useful for a long time. I think that right now um, it's just, it's very obvious that AI is going to be like the, the next technology that's like, it's going to, it's like, uh, it's, it's kind of hard. It's hard for me to explain, um, but chat GPT, right? Like that just came out. Um, you know, it had so many users. I think I forget what the statistic was. It was like, I got a million users within this first two days. Um, like one of the fastest platforms to ever do it. Don't quote me on that statistic. I'm pretty sure I saw it somewhere, but, um, you know, it got valued at 29 billion. That was like within months, like a month or two of it launching. And that was what really opened my eyes. I was like, okay, you know, they just launched this, this AI and it got valued at 29 billion this fast. There has to be something here, right? There has to be. Um, and as I look more into AIs and how it's going to change what we do, it is going to replace a lot of jobs. You know, you look at like art right now, I think art is technically something that's innately human, right? I think art is something where it has a very big emotional um, aspect to it and, you know, creative aspect that isn't, it does, it's not ones and zeros to create art, right? Um, but yeah. it is kind of crazy to see how AI is creating art. And I don't think that it will replace artists. I think that AI art is going to replace like general graphic designers and that type of thing. Um, but it won't like, it won't replace just all of art, like the art industry and like the top artists who are really creating like impactful artwork, like uh, NFT artists, Beeple, for example, I don't think AI is going to put them out of business or anything. Um, but it is actually a really cool tool that artists can use, right? 
artists can use AI to create concepts for them that they can then change or whatever, or like ideas. So there's a lot of things that are going to be replaced by AI. It's kind of crazy when you talk to chat GPT and see what it can do and what it can tell you. Like it, it, the chat GPT has passed a bar exam. It passed like a full medical exam. Um, like basically okay. it, it's, it's a certified lawyer, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of insane. So um, there's clearly the something there for the future. Yeah. What you say? As I was, I was sorry to interrupt, I was thinking like, man, this thing's doing like a whole number of things. It's like sending off a whole like bunch of different like it's just it's just kind of baffling, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's it's insane. Um, so there's definitely something there. I think that um, you know, people should look into. It. I know all the AI coins have been going crazy right now, crazy pumping. Um, you know, AI businesses and stocks and all that type of stuff. So. Uh, I mean, it, it's definitely a trend. There's always there's always controversy around the new trends that come out. Like, you know, there's I, when I went to launch Junior Punks, my my own dad, I asked him to invest, you know, in like the startup capital to basically launch it. And like he didn't believe in it. He didn't believe in NFTs. You know, it took a lot of people. Right. But for us to raise like some actual startup capital um, and then obviously it, it blew up really fast. Right. You know, and then all the people who were skeptical about NFTs you know, once they saw us do it, then they were all like, oh, like I'm going to launch my own. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. but by that time, but by, you know, it got, it only got harder and harder from when we dropped. Right. So they had to go into even hard, harsher conditions. So, you know, taking a risk, definitely being a risk taker is a, uh, is an important aspect. If you want to be a, a trend catcher, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Risk is a huge part of just being an entrepreneur period, you know, yeah. because you're an artist, like anyone who wants to like achieve because you're always going to have risks. You're always going to have um, just challenges. And so I, and I want to get into that a little bit more, but let's just uh, talk a little bit more about things you've done, like NFT, mm-hmm. like magazine, you create that and or co-create that. And once you launched it, what were some of the first things on your mind when you launched NFT magazine? Like, we, we, we just take us through that. Yeah, yeah. So um, with NFT magazine, it really we bought that domain like right after um, right after we launched Junior Punks because we just you know had a belief in the future of NFTs and you know that that domain it wasn't cheap by any means. It was listed pretty expensively, but we were like, okay, let's. Uh, let's pick it up because it's going to be worth it. Um, and so, you know, we built it out over the past, like it's almost been a year now. And through building it, we, you know, me and my two business partners, because I built that with uh, Jet Set and the Blonde John, right? And so, you know, we had to learn basically everything about the PR world, you know, online publications and like, you know, like basically how Forbes runs, right? That type of thing. And then also Google, Google is like, one of the biggest platforms when it comes to, you know, your online publication, because that's how people find your articles a lot of the time, like on top of social media as well. You know, you need your you need your articles and your website to be very powerful in the rankings. And so we basically just like went all out and learning all of that over the past 12 months as we were building it. And so once we started doing those things, like once we started learning like crazy, because me and, you know, my business partners were, were all like, we love to just go all in on things and really go all in on like learning about something, just get really obsessed about stuff. And so, you know, we learned a lot of stuff. Like we basically learned, you know, the basic stuff. And then we just went super deep and started learning about stuff that nobody is teaching because we're just testing stuff. Right. And so, yeah. you know, we got, we got really, really good at it. And that's why we were like, okay, let's just start, 
a PR agency. You know, the NFT market is down right now. You know, there's not tons and tons of, you know, there's not tons of money going around right now in NFTs and crypto. We're like, let's start up like another, like a USD business, right? Like something that's just more of a, uh, a recession proof business. I like to think a PR agency is pretty recession proof considering there's always businesses and people that are going to need PR. Um, and so what we did is we just basically took all the things we were doing for ourselves, all these unique capabilities that we have built. And we started doing it for a bunch of other entrepreneurs, a bunch of other influencers, a bunch of other businesses. And, you know, our unique services really became pretty sticky. Um, and so people, yeah, so people really liked them. Um, it it kind of it got traction pretty quick. And that's what that's what handles is. You can find it on Instagram at handles, H-A-N-D-L-E-Z. Uh, um, you know, we have a bunch of niche services on there. So. Yeah, yeah. And that's people for months. People have been talking about NFTs being like your next uh, the next asset that you needed to have because people have made like millions. I know you've made a ton of money just um, off of NFTs and just um, tr- um, trading and, you know, just being part of the whole market. So it seems just I can't help but think of how just like kind of fragile it, the whole market seems in a way because you're basing it off like, you know, just the value of the NFTs and how you can um, um, trade and like, you know, get your money. So what, what are some of the things you would um, try to like warn people about when um, going into NFTs? Yeah. So, I mean, there's going to be a couple of different types of investments when it comes to NFTs and crypto. I mean, the first one is like, it's really like, just like straight gambles. Like, you know, like there's either just gambles and then there's like, and then there's conviction plays, um, you know, so the gambles are the ones where you buy like things like the one token that just blew up, like the bonk coin or whatever. It's like where literally everybody knows that this is not a, a serious thing. Like, <laughs> like everybody knows that there's, this is not going to be around a year from now. It's probably not going to be around two months from now. You know, there's no team like building some crazy stuff behind this or anything, um, but it is trending. Right. And those are the gambles because you put money in. Maybe it goes up astronomically more and then you pull out at the top. That's obviously like the ideal situation. Sometimes it crashes on you right after, you know, like those plays, you really have to just put in money that you don't mind parting with. Right. Just like just pretend this is a casino um, when you put money into those. Um, and then there's like the conviction plays where you're like, OK, you know, this project has a serious team building behind it. And, you know, like I'm actually here for the value of it. Um, you know, I'd say right now in NFTs and crypto. Like it's it's really tough to advise people to be buying NFTs and crypto right now as like an investment. I think that you should only be really investing into projects where you really like the team and you really like what the team is actually building. Um, and like you want to be able to take part in that community and that action in like 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 Board Ape, for example, I think it makes sense to buy a board ape just to network with all the board apes. Um I you know, the mutant ape that I have basically was able to, you know, follow for follow with like hundreds and hundreds of board ape and mutant ape holders and connect with all of them, right? Being like the mutant ape alpha chat, right? You know, there's a lot of benefits that comes with holding those. And so I would buy your NFTs specifically right now. I, I know a lot more about NFTs than I do about crypto, um, just because that's the market I've mainly been in. Um, I would say buy your NFTs for the value that's actually being provided and try not to get hung up on the price. It's very hard to do. You know, obviously if say you, you spend 10 grand on an NFT and it goes down to six grand, it's hard not for that to hurt a little bit. 
But, you know, if you are just obsessed with the value and the long term, you know, like what you get out of just actually owning the NFT rather than just the price, then you're always safe. Right. Um, so I would say and some and a lot of those, if the value truly is that good, then the price will naturally follow eventually. So. OK. All right. That's good. That's good to know. Definitely. So it's, but it's also just important that everybody, please. Also, just do your research, like just do your homework, do your due diligence, like just know what you're doing because nothing has ever gone well for people trying to invest and they didn't really fully understand what they were investing in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true. It's very true. That's um, and I mean, that's why a lot of people didn't get into NFTs right away or crypto because or actually, I mean, that's really why the whole FTX thing happened is because everybody was in like Voyager and all that stuff. People were buying crypto because they saw it was going up they didn't really understand how it worked or what the whole point of crypto was right like i wasn't affected at all like directly affected at all by ftx or voyager any of those things because i didn't hold anything in centralized exchanges and that was because i'm all about crypto being decentralized i'm like this is amazing i have full control over my money right having on a ledger or just in like my own private keys and so i'm holding it nobody else is holding it it's completely mine. The only liability I have is if I get hacked or something, but that's on me, right? That's not, that's up to me to have my own security. Um, but if I want to send this somewhere, I can send it in an instant. There's no bank, there's no institution. There's nobody that can tell me, you know, like, okay, this transaction is going to take two days or, oh, these funds are locked for this amount of time or whatever, right? Like I've had all those problems with Stripe going through that with Stripe right now, right? Like they're like, I was like asking them why funds were locked up for like an additional week and like they never they never unlock and they're like, oh, we need even more information about your business. We need to really know about like the products that you're selling, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's crazy, right? Like, you know, you get paid money and they just have to do all these like checks and stuff. Whereas if you get paid in crypto, there's no questions. You just get it done. It's super fast. Um, but people who are on centralized exchanges were generally not people who were extremely, extremely knowledgeable about crypto because the whole point of crypto is to cut out the centralized exchange and to cut out the bank. And so then they were buying. And, and so they were literally like, you know, they're defeating the whole purpose of the crypto in the first place. And so it's, it's really like it was probably a huge example of understand what you're investing in, you know, like understand what it's actually about yeah. because you're doing it because all those people did it in the most counterintuitive way to actual crypto. Absolutely. They did. You know, and so. That's like crypto and that's NFTs. So that's just another part of your business. But I want to get into more of like the promotional side, building like you. And I want to talk to that through your uh, TikTok because you gained a huge amount of followers in just a short amount of time. And, you know, just that skill and that love of me getting into like fast paced uh, sort of uh, events, programs, businesses, because uh, TikTok is probably the fastest social media I've ever seen. Yeah, just 15 seconds to grab people's attention as they call like that just that just rush you know a mm-hmm. dopamine hit and you're able to provide that easily just with skillfully just so many ways you're able to do it so i want to talk about you know tiktok for you how is like have you seen tiktok just building you as just a let's just say as like sort of a people's person as like an attention grabber yeah yeah for sure so i would say that TikTok made me like you were saying, like the grabbing the attention really fast. Um, it made me really good at that, which, you know, it, it's that's going to be a skill that will last me for 
a very long time, right? Because I'm, I don't really plan on stopping working in social media. Social media is only going to get more fast paced. You know, ca- being able to catch people's attention right away is always going to be a really massive, you know, it's like, it's, it's just huge. Like whether you're in a sales pitch with somebody on Zoom, right? Or, you know, say you're pitching a venture capital firm on your idea, um, you know, or it is just TikTok, right? Instagram reels or just your YouTube videos or your podcast, whatever it is catching people's attention really fast is, is super essential. Um, and so, you know, I learned that with TikTok and it wasn't something where like I read a book and I learned it there, but it was more just trial and error. And then just kind of like whenever a video did really well, I would then look at it and analyze it and try to figure out exactly what the reason was that it went really well. Look at the stats like, oh, did it get a lot of shares? And then that's why it went viral. Did I get a lot of followers from it? And that's why it went viral. Did I get a lot of watch time on this? You know, what caused people to watch it for so long, right? And so basically, you know, just constantly overanalyzing basically every video that I put out and the stats around it and then being obsessed with that process and learning that. I was really lucky too. My little brother, Sammy Sends, right? He was grinding really hard on TikTok with me at the time. And so he's he's at just below me. He's at like 460K, I think. Um, but we came up around the same time because we were both, it was just me and him at the house all day, just going back and forth. Like, yo, I just figured this out. Like, you know, like this is actually going crazy. Like try this out. I'm like, oh, yo, try this, try this. Right. And so um, doing that was just like, it was super effective, super helpful having my brother there because we're able to bounce everything off each other and essentially learn twice as fast. Right. It's kind of like I saw Mr. Beast on a podcast the other day saying, you know, there's one guy. And this one guy is just, you know, grinding, you know, every single day, super hard. You know, he he fails and then he learns from that and then he fails and he learns from that and he's learning stuff every day. But now you have, say you have four or five people all in the house, all working on the same thing. And now they're, everybody's going to be, you know, uh, growing at like four to five X the rate of the, the single guy, because when one of them makes a mistake, they go, yo guys, I just learned this. And then everybody's like, okay, cool. So everybody, so like basically now, as everybody's learning, everybody's telling each other, and everybody's learning way faster, right? So I, I pretty much had that with my little brother. We were, we were twice as fast rather than just doing it on our own. Um, and so I would say that grabbing people's attention right away was a very big, big part of it. Um, I posted, like there were days, if you scroll back, there were days where I posted like nearly 20 videos in a day. Um, I was just like, I was just obsessed with it, right? So that was, I mean, I guess uh, one book that I would recommend for people, because this book is actually all about this question, it's called Hook Point. And literally the entire, I forget the name of the guy that wrote it, but it's literally all about grabbing people's attention, specifically with social media content. And I remember when I read it, like, it was like uh, four or five months ago when I read it, a lot of the stuff he was saying, it was stuff that I did naturally, just because I learned it um, from doing TikTok. But now I was basically, it was basically able to give me the concept and the psychology of why it actually worked. Like now I was able to be like, okay, I know I do this and it works. Why does it work? And the book basically explained to me, you know, why what I was doing was working. And also, you know, like what I knew about 10% of of the book or 90% of the stuff was brand new to me. I was like, oh, this is crazy. Right. So um, that was definitely an important part. Wow. So hook point, huh? Yeah. Yeah. All that's right, a I'll huge be- book. I don't have an affiliate link or anything, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll be on the lookout for it, and the rest of y'all listening, be on the lookout for it too, because this would be this would be huge. This would be huge for you. Uh, but you know what? The, the other thing I gotta ask you about is like, there is like as we've talked about earlier, so much stigma between 
uh, all the things you've uh, invested yourself in TikTok, NFTs, crypto. Well, you say you, you, NFTs more crypto, but also just knowing about crypto and just being a part of all of this. And there's often like even controversy, especially around TikTok. So how do you sort of like just handle or just like look past the uh, controversies of it all? Or, or just just be able yeah. to just say like, okay, or, or even just like just be able to say like, yeah, this is true, but this is how it's it's helped me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like, you know, it is sometimes difficult working in industries where there are a lot of controversy around it. Like, you know, it's it, everybody I know that is, um, you know, launching on, and let's see. Yeah. So basically, um, it is kind of difficult to work in, you know, industries where there is a lot of controversy around it. I, you know, I feel for everybody that's launching their crypto or their NFT right now that's worked on it for the past eight months. Right. You know, and now they have to launch in a time where everybody's like, oh, you know, the general public thinks crypto is a scam because all they see is the FTX stuff happening. Right. I mean, you really have to have pretty thick skin, you know, when it comes to doing things like TikTok, NFT, crypto, because, you know, you're building in public when you're building an NFT project, launching it, you're doing it in public because you need to market it and you need to bring the people in and you need to tell people what they're what you're doing. Um, so every everything you do, every mistake you make is public. Every success you have is also public. Right. Um, and so you you are going to get scrutiny no matter who you are. And the bigger that you get, the more scrutiny you're going to get. Right. It's, uh, you know, people think like, oh, like, but once I'm successful, then no one can say anything. Well, no, once you're successful, people are going to say twice as much about you. Right. People are going to you know lie about you. People are going to just like go for the very minute thing about you. Um, so it is, you know, you have to have thick, very thick skin to build in public. You know, when you're making TikTok videos, that's building in public because, you know, the only way to get traction is to literally post a video for the public to see. Right. And you are hoping that you get a lot of eyes on it. And so and that's like probably the number one thing that I see deter people from doing social media and TikTok is they're worried about just getting roasted by their friends or their family. Like they're worried about making something that's cringy and people not liking it. And so, you know, you, you have to really get over that. I was, I don't know, I don't know what consumed me when I first started TikTok, but I just didn't care. I was like, I was like, yo, anybody can say whatever. I, I was lucky that I blew up so fast. So there wasn't even much time for anybody to, anybody to make fun of me before I had a hundred thousand followers. And by that time, my friends are just like, oh, this is actually sick, bro. <laughs> so um yeah. you know i but i say i would definitely definitely face more yeah. more scrutiny from things like uh nfts you know like running an nft project obviously you know since we launched junior punks nft trading volume and the entire industry as a whole is down 97 percent. right you know it's a it's a difficult difficult market to navigate your project in um and so you know obviously i've, I've had to deal with my fair share of scrutiny you know a lot of it totally um you know, totally valid. Some of it not right. I mean, just like, just like anything. So, um, it's felt like it almost, it's kind of funny because I'm 21 now when I launched a project, I was 20. It's felt like I've ran almost a little public company, right? <laughs> it's like, it feels like you're running like a yeah, mini public definitely. company because you have all these like essentially. Right. And, um, yeah. and for somebody who that was, that was like my first like large scale company, you know, to have it be like public right away is is pretty stressful. It's like trial by fire. <laughs> so, you know, but it was um, amazing. Thank you for part one of the 24th episode of the upcoming. And thank you so much for tuning in for that. And be sure to stay tuned for part two of this fantastic episode with Mr. Joey Sens. All right, folks, take care.